to be in your presence. I thank you that your word says where two or more of us are gathered that you're here with us. And there's way more than two, so we just welcome you here. I thank you that we can come before you. I thank you that we can drop all of our cares and fears and doubts right at your feet and just take the time to wait to hear what you have to say. We all need to hear from you today, Father. So I just ask that you speak to each person here. I ask you to bless the word today and to bless the music in the name of Jesus. Amen.
my hope still stands. My God walks upon the water. When I am calling, you hear my cry and run to help me like a father. My God is stronger, bring on the flood and open the gate. My God is stronger, trouble My God is stronger, my God is stronger. When I am empty, you fill my cup. You made wine out of the water Never ending, unending love You came and saved your sons and daughters Storms rise quickly But you are with me So bring on the wind and bring on the wind my God is stronger, bring on the flood and open the gate. My God is stronger, trouble will come, I won't be afraid. My God is stronger, my God is stronger, it's over, cause he's overcome. It's over, cause he's overcome. Greater is he that's in me. 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 So bring on the wind and bring on the waves. My God is stronger, bring on the flood and open the gates. My God is stronger, trouble will come, I won't be afraid. My God is stronger, my God is stronger. My God is stronger, my God is stronger.
that part of me The places where I failed Only you can heal the heart of me Let your love prevail Open up my eyes to see Your For all your goodness 
like never before. Oh, my soul, I worship your holy name. And on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise unending. Ten thousand years and then forevermore. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never like never before oh my soul i'll worship your holy name thank you jesus morning welcome home give me just one second Um, I'm going to be reading to you this morning from Psalms 95, Psalm 95. I'm going to start in verse 1, and I think it's really, really important um, that you guys let this sink into your heart, sink deep into your heart, and let it do what the Lord's Word is intended to do. It says, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is also his. The sea is his and he made it and his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God, we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice. Um, I just want to go back here to verse 6, where it talks about bowing down and let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. I was really meditating on these words all throughout the week, and I was, y'all, this is nerve-wracking to me, to be honest with you, to get up and speak from the heart, and... um, I was meditating on it, um, and I felt the Lord just tug on my heart because this week is also Advent, and it's peace. We're talking about peace. And so um, when we talk about this verse, um, it's a great invitation to come to Jesus because he is God's rest and an ineffable rest. And that shook me to my core, that ineffable rest, that great peace, because ineffable is, you know, greater than words. It's more extreme than words. It's inexplainable. We don't know. We don't understand. And we're not going to find that anywhere else but in Jesus. Yes. And I'm going to tell you guys, just like I tell the kids today, that peace, that rest, that's not found anywhere else. We're not going to conjure it up on our own. We're not going to find it on our own. We're not going to work our hands down to the bone and find it somewhere randomly we're not going to work ourselves to death trying to get to it 
It's only found in Jesus. Hallelujah. And this is your great invitation. Yes. He wants to hear your heart. He deserves our praise. He deserves yes. our worship. We don't deserve any of this. And still, he sent his son for us. Hallelujah. For us, the lowly sinner, he sent his son. How great is it? How great is it that the worst of the sinners can still come before him and receive his grace and his mercy and his great rest, his ineffable rest. There are no words. There are no words. Father, we come before you today with grateful and thankful hearts. Father, some of us are burdened. Some of us have heavy, heavy things that we're walking around with every day. And Father, we, we accept your invitation. We want to run into your arms. We want to give you the glory. Yes, thank you, we want to drop these burdens at your feet because you are our salvation. We thank you so much for all that you've given us, Father. We thank you for your great rest. We thank you for your great peace. Please hear our cries. Open our hearts. Fill us with your word. Fill us with your spirit. Father, we just thank you. We're so grateful. Amen. Let your rain fall down, so let your rain 
Lord, keep us close in your embrace and let us live in your grace here in the presence of your love like a flood cover us here in the presence of your love like a flood cover us
shackles of all my failures Wondering how long is this gonna last Then you look at this prisoner and say to me Son, stop fighting a fight that's already I am redeemed, you set me free, so I'll shake off these heavy chains, wipe away every stain, I'm not who I used to be, I am what it's all about being redeemed by the blood of the lamb we are going to partake in the lord's table we're going to share communion and that's what we're celebrating that redemption amen so what we're going to do is we're going to sing one song and you can come and get the elements take them back to your seat if you're a visitor you're welcome to partake with us all we ask is that you're a believer if you're a believer then it's open communion 
you're not a believer, then uh, you might want to hold up. And uh, how about you? Uh, you got a drum solo in you this morning? I know, I know that's kind of last minute, but uh, when we finish communion uh, in a minute, we're going to have a special song, and maybe while Mimi's coming, maybe we'll let you pound it out there a little bit, Chuck, while Mimi's coming. How about that? You're going to get what you get. <laughs> and we ain't going to throw a fit either. There you go. All right. So as we sing, come and, uh, come and get, um, get your stuff and take it back to your seats, and then we'll all protect together. As you 
Thank you, Lord, for all your goodness. That is our prayer, Lord, that we would know more of you, more of your goodness. More of your goodness, Lord. I thank you that you gave yourself for us, Lord, and we celebrate this time. We celebrate your death, your burial, and your resurrection. And all that it means to us, because in that, in that event, you changed everything in the entire history and creation. You changed everything when you gave yourself for us, Lord. You were the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you gave yourself for us. Lord, I thank you that, that you are a God of redemption. 
You created things perfectly, and when we messed it up, ever since then, you've been redeeming it. You're doing it in bits and pieces, miraculously in our lives. We see our lives changing, transforming uh, day by day, Lord, and I thank you for that. Thank you that you have made a way that we can know you. We don't have to be the same person that we've always been. We can be different. We can be changed because of you and what you did on the cross. Lord, we celebrate your death. On that night, you met with the disciples and you said you had been longing to have that meal with them because that was a covenant meal. It was the Passover. It was the time when you celebrated the deliverance that was come in you and it was celebrated throughout the years. Israel did it every year as an annual celebration of their deliverance from Egypt, but it was all about you. It's always been about you, Lord. You were the lamb. You were that perfect lamb. I thank you, Lord. You told him, this bread represents my body. You said, you gave thanks, and then you said, break and take. And as you eat this, you're celebrating me and my death. For Every time you do this, you're doing it in remembrance of me and what I did. And so, Lord, today we celebrate that. Your death, your body, your flesh, which was given removing the veil so that we can walk right into the very presence of the holiest of holies and have a relationship with you, Lord. Thank you for that. Thank you, Lord. So we break and we partake now in Jesus' name. In the same way, you took the cup and you said, thank you, Father, for what you're going to do. And then you said, take this and drink it, for this is it's my blood, the blood of the new covenant. And we do this in remembrance of what you did on the cross, Lord. That we celebrate this as a way of saying, you shed your blood, and we partake of this to remember all that you provided through your blood, Lord. This isn't your blood, but it's, it's a representative of it. We're partaking of you. We know when we partake of you, that we have salvation, we have deliverance, we have forgiveness and cleansing from our guilt and shame. We have healing in our physical bodies. You provided all that on the cross. Thank you, Lord. We receive all that your blood provides to us, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Let's protect. Amen. Okay. Mimi's going to sing us a special song now. You can be seated. When we get to the end of this song, y'all should be able to figure out what a lot of these very basic words are. And this song was specifically written by the author, which I apologize for not remembering his name. Not uncommon for me. But he wrote it because he got to go back to church with all this pandemic coming on. And so this is about being together and worshiping him and being thankful that you can worship. I think we take it for granted. I really, really do. We don't realize what we've got until it's gone. And when it was taken, it was like someone kicked us in the stomach. So get to the end of the song. You want to sing along. I'm really good with that. Clap. Let's have a good time in him.
that we're calling all children to the Christmas tree. All kiddos. What is it? No, come up here. Yeah, here comes Terry. No. <laughs> all children to the Christmas tree. Good morning. Good morning. Come on up, Ruby. Come on, Ruby. Good morning. High five. Excellent. Y'all come right over here. I got some stuff to talk to you guys about. You are children. You are children. Still children. We're all children. Right? All right. So today's celebration of Advent is all about peace. Can someone tell me what peace means? What does peace mean? Basically, that's good. That's good. Is it like, is it like this? Or you like this? Is that peace? No, that's not peace. What about this? Is that peace? It's the peace sign, but is it peace? No, that's not peace. Actually, when we talk about peace as Christians, as people who believe in Jesus, and as people who follow Jesus and look forward to being in heaven with Jesus one day, we're talking about being whole. You know, like a whole pizza? Not, not a part of a pizza, but a whole pizza. We're talking about whole people whole in your heart, and we're talking about a feeling of completeness, being complete, whole and complete. And guess what? Feeling whole and complete is not something that we can do all on our own. You know that? We need Jesus. We need him, just like we need food, just like we need water and the air that we breathe. Even more importantly, we need Jesus. We really need Jesus. So all this month, as we excitedly wait for Christmas, raise your hand if you're excited for Christmas. <laughs> me. That's me. I'm so excited. Everly, are you excited for Christmas? Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited, too. As we wait for Christmas, it's really, really, really important for us to remember the birth, the birth of the baby Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Say, Prince of Peace. And who is that? Jesus, yeah, it's Jesus. So we're going to talk about when he was born and what that looked like. So long time before he was born in the Bible, there were a lot of people who God told, my son is coming, your savior is coming, a Messiah is coming. So people waited for him for a, I know, it's so good, it's such good news. Okay, so if I open up my Bible in all kinds of different places in my Bible, I can find what the Lord has to say about peace. So today we're going to go to the book of Psalm, and we're going to read, and it says, The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. That means I don't have anything to be scared of when I have Jesus in my heart. I don't have anything to be worried about. I don't have anything to be stressed out about. There is nothing. All of my enemies and my foes, that means all the bad guys, all the evil people in the world that want to try to bring you down and try to pull you away from Jesus, they will stumble and fall. They, they don't have victory. You know who does? 
That's Jesus. Jesus, my friend, that's who gets the victory. So I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Say, wait for the Lord. Yeah. So like I said, all before Jesus was born in the Bible, it talks about lots and lots of people that the Lord, that God talked to and said, my son is coming. Jesus is coming. Your savior, a Messiah is coming. And guess what they had to do? They just had to wait. That was a long time. Do you know that there were a lot of them that waited their whole lives and still didn't get to see Jesus, but they still waited and they were still faithful and they didn't give up believing. They still believed. Is that sometimes hard to do, waiting? Yeah, it's really hard. I know. Hey, I get it. I totally get it. It's hard. It's hard to wait, right? So in Isaiah, we're talking about one of the people that we're talking about Jesus before he came. Before he came, this is one of the, the times we're talking about God told somebody that Jesus was going to come, but this is still before he actually came. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called, say this after me, wonderful counselor. Wonderful counselor. Mm-hmm. Mighty God. Oh, yeah. Everlasting Father. And Prince of Peace. Oh, yeah. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. How long? That time forever. Can you say it like that? Forever. Yeah. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And then, further on in the Bible, once Jesus is finally born, right, God told us that he was coming. I mean, he prophesied. Prophesied, he means like it was predicted. They told us that it was going to happen. So after Jesus was born in the book of Luke, we read, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Y'all repeat after me, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. Mm-hmm. Those who his favor rests. Mm-hmm. So in the Bible, we're reminded that true peace comes from the Spirit of God dwelling within us. You get the Spirit of God dwelling within you whenever you have Jesus in your heart. That's where it comes from. True peace is from Jesus. It's not things of this world. Okay, it's not things of this world. Sometimes sneaking away with a good book into a corner where it's nice and quiet. Sometimes that's really fun, and it makes me feel a little, a little bit of peace, right? But that's not true peace, right? Anything that you do that kind of makes you feel, like, really calm and cool, that helps you feel a little bit of peace, but it's not true peace. True peace comes from where? Jesus, Jesus. And, and God gave us that as a gift. He gave us Jesus, right? So in Colossians, I want you guys to repeat after me. In Colossians, it says, Let the peace of Christ... Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And really loud, get excited, say, and be thankful. That's right. So today we're going to remember, I want you guys to remember it all throughout the day. Remember that God sent his son and that he was born for you. And for you, and you, and you, and you, and me, 
He was born just for us. For the only reason he, was, he, was, he came here was to save our souls. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. So we're going to take time today to remember that. Okay? Does that sound good? Also, do you want a gift? <laughs> That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Okay. So really quickly, I'm going to hand these out. That's okay. That's okay. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. All right. Um, Ellie, do you want to help me? Hang on, we'll let Ellie help today. Come on over. I would like to, we've got some extras up here, the Christmas tree bags. Feel free to come grab one before you go. Um, and uh, be sure to share the message, not just the gift. Share the word with us. You know, this is a, a great time of uh, celebration, reunion, reacquainting. Kirk and Karen have been gone for three years. And... Uh, Kirk and Karen were responsible for starting this church about roughly 18 years ago, and, uh, and we hadn't messed it up yet, so I'm really happy about that. Been gone for three years, and we're still, we're still making it. So, uh, But we're thrilled to have them come back, and uh, I do hope that everyone will stay and uh, enjoy the meal. We got lots of food, way too much food, multiple kinds of chilies and sandwiches and desserts, and I mean, if you don't like something over there, you're just, you're too picky. So anyway, um, really thrilled to have Kirk come and share what's on his heart. And I know God's going to speak to us. That's what we want every time we come together. We want to hear from God. We don't need a bunch of information. We need to hear from God. And so, brother, come and lay it on us. I know you got a word for us, and I'm excited about it. Bless you. up here for a minute. I'll, I'll turn my mic on Sherry in a second, but I, I told Karen on her way here, I said, we got to get used to doing things, you know, like you do when you're a guest speaker, right? And I said, when you're a guest speaker, the wife always comes up and gives a greeting. So I'm going to let this beautiful woman here on my right give a greeting. <laughs> it is so good, so, so good to be back. It really is. It's, it just it seems like it's been forever. Um, and the place looks great. I love what it, what's been done to the place. So anyway, I look forward to talking to all of you afterwards. I hope you can stay, and um, it's good to see you all. Um, it's really good to be with you all. Um, I, uh, I, I wanted to, and, and, and the, the one joke that I had set up is, is not going to work right now because I, I see it's not going to work. Um, so I'll get to the second one. Um, I, I was uh, and and Mitch said, "What what you serving?" I saw him at Christmas on the Square. He said, "What you serving tomorrow?" I said, "Well, you have to come and find out." And he says, "You got any jokes?" And I said, "Yeah, I got some, but it really depends on who's there." And uh, I, so he says, "Well, you got a backup?" I said, "Always got a backup, right?" You always got to have a backup. And maybe I'll just interrupt my message at the appropriate time to uh, share, you know, that joke with you if it's appropriate. Um, but I, I was thinking to myself, see, my OCD there, I had to straighten the cross. Um, I, 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 uh, no, did you? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I love Charlie Brown. Um, I went to Cane's and got some dinner, and I, and I saw all the Charlie Brown stuff, and I went, oh, I remember the Charlie Brown and Advent, and everything. We, uh, just some wonderful memories 
we have with you here. I, I was going to introduce myself to those who don't know me, and I was going to say, you see the big sign behind me? I glued every one of those letters on. There's no sign, my, my niece says, and, and she's right. But, you know, that's a good thing, because when we follow the Lord, we have to keep growing, and we have to keep changing. And the one thing I felt this morning as I was here worshiping with you is life. And I want to commend you guys, and just you got you to just pursue God in this chapter of this church's life under Terry's leadership, and just keep pushing forward and doing what God has for you to do. Now, before I get into the Word, I, my, my niece, who says she wanted to stand here and listen to me, and I'm so honored, um, Ellie, she calls me Uncle Kirky. Oh, oh, by the way, my joke now has become appropriate. So anyway, so I was really, I was really nervous when I was uh, getting ready to come here. Um, Amber, you, you almost messed up my opening joke, but thank you for coming back in. I was really, I was really nervous uh, for getting ready to come here because in Florida now, I live in shorts and, and golf shirts, and I don't wear socks anymore. You know, socks are, socks are so passe. And, and I have this big stack of jeans from my time in Texas but I, I've worn my jeans maybe three, four times since I've lived in Texas the past three years. And I said, I said, I gotta wear jeans. And I said, oh gosh, Karen, are they gonna be long enough? <laughs> when when I when I stand up here and I begin to speak, is is Amber gonna look at and say, there's those short jeans again? But then I thought. Amber, this was a great joke. I almost couldn't do it because you were not in the bill room. I, then I thought, how many have watched America's Got Talent? Yeah. Do you know that if you're watching that, Terry Crews wears his pants about up here? And this is in style now. So what you didn't know all those years ago, Amber, is that I was a style trendsetter. I'm glad I got to do that one. <laughs> now back to the series. My, my niece, Ellie, she said um, at dinner last night, she said, um, this morning, will you pray for my grandpa? And uh, I want to do that before we get started. Uh, Al, as you know, he's blessed our lives in this church so much. Um, he gave of himself so many years in cooking meals uh, for the men's fellowship. And he had a real bad fall, as you know. And he's still recovering. It's, it's a long recovery. And he's uh, going to physical therapy. He's still very weak. And, and uh, we're here to visit with the family. And, and I, can I just say that, remember, pray for him. And if you have a chance, go visit and say hi. Can't get out that much at the moment, but we're believing God for his best for him. So, Ellie, will you come up here and we're going to pray for Grandpa and uh, my brother. Let's pray. Let's join me with you. 
Um, Lord, you know uh, Al's love for you and his love for this congregation and the, the things that he's done to sow into the men's life of this church. And we pray for him right now for your healing touch and strength in his body. We pray that every time he goes to physical therapy, he'll get stronger and stronger and stronger. Encourage his heart, encourage Carla's heart as we stand with them in prayer because you're going to do great things in his life. And thank you for little Ellie who said, will you pray for my grandpa? And we do right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ellie. All right. So I had this message already, you know, I was like thinking, uh, how was I going to get the PowerPoint slides to, to Sherry? And then how was I going to get all the stuff all ready to go? And I was all excited about it. I mean, it was really, it was really a good visual sermon. You know, I was going to really wow you with all this stuff. And, uh, and then I, 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 just, I just felt the Lord just say, well, uh, that, that's a good message, but is that what I want you to share with the fellowship? And I went, okay, I know that voice. <laughs> so I, I said, well, Lord, then, you know, what do you want me to share? You know, what is it that you have for this morning and, and for your people here and for my heart in life, too? And um, so I, uh, as you know, and there's red cards out there. I've been reading through the Bible every year for years and years and years using the life reading plan. And I finished up again this year early, as I do each year. And um, when I finished up early, I decided, well, what am I going to do now? You know, so I started reading uh, Psalms again, and, and the, I'm reading the Harmony of the Gospels as I uh, finish out the year, and then come January, I'll start all over again. And what I always do is I read a new version of the Bible. Well, I've kind of ran out of versions now, so now I've got to recycle them through. But that's okay. We'll recycle them through the next time, and, and this year it's going to be the good New King James Version. You know, so I'm going to start all over again. I've got my, my iPad libraries full of Bibles now, and I'll just go through that, and I'll just keep working until I'm reading it again, you know. I'm just going to keep going. Every single year, I'm going to get there, you know, finish. So the good thing about reading a new version of the Bible is that you see things in ways that you may not have seen it before. And can I, oh, Lord, help them forgive me for saying this, but can I say that the translation of the King James and the New King James Bible is not always the most accurate in every single circumstance? Am I okay? I was ready to walk off the ledge, brother. I didn't know what was going on. Anyway, I know it. I'm worried about Mitch. I'm so, 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 Mitch, for you, you say, what are you serving? And, and the, if you need a title this morning, it's hearing God's answer. And the verse I want to focus on, but I'm going to look at the whole psalm in Psalm chapter 3, if you want to turn your Bibles there, Psalm 3, is Psalm 3, verse 4. And I'm going to read it to you out of first the New King James Version. Basically, he says, I cried out to the Lord, and he hears me from his holy hill, his holy mountain. Now, how many of you are familiar with that 
with that verse, just the way it's, it, I quoted it. You know, that's the way I grew up. I mean, I memor- memorized it that way. You know, I cried out to the Lord, and He hears me from His holy hill. And I always thought, you know, that's really cool, because it's good to know that if I'm praying, God's listening. Now, I don't always do that with Karen, and you know that from all these years. And I didn't always do that with my daughter. And when she was really young, one time she just took my face in her hand, and she turned it to her face, and she said, Dad, listen. (laughs) Sometimes God still has to do that with me, because I get busy, and I'm doing other things, and and they say, are you listening to me? Yeah, sure, I'm listening to you. Then I pray, say, give me at least a couple points, Lord, that you said, so I I don't get in trouble. But um, I, I looked at that, and I was reading in the New Living Translation. And this is what it said. I cried out to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy mountain. And I want to talk to you about hearing God's answer. I want to encourage you to think of this. Have you ever heard this said before? Sometimes God just doesn't answer. How many have heard someone say that? You know, I want to tell you that's false. Because when we cry out to the Lord, He not only hears us, but He's always ready to answer us. And I find great comfort in that, and I had to learn that, and I had to go through that in so many difficult ways in my life. So I want you to jump to the beginning of Psalm 3. And don't you love it when they kind of give you a cheat sheet at the beginning of the psalm, so you kind of know what's going on here, kind of sets it up. You know, so in Psalm 3 is one of those psalms. It says, a psalm of David regarding the time David fled from his son Absalom. So you know the story. And just kind of set it up if, if it's new to you or, or you, you haven't for, you've forgotten it. David made a, a tragic error with Bathsheba. And then having Uriah killed on the front line so he could marry her. And Nathan the prophet came to David and he said, you know, he gave him this little parable, you know, and, and about a lamb. And, and, and then finally when David said, oh, that's terrible, he said, but David, you're the man. You're the one who did this. You know, you took this man's wife. You sent her husband to the front lines to be killed. And he says, from this point on, the sword will not depart from your house. And so years later... We see a fulfillment of that in the revolt of his son Absalom against the throne of David. Now, there's a whole bunch in that story combined, but David decides that he doesn't want to hurt his son, and he doesn't want to hurt his people. Now, they were divided. Between the two. Some sided with David, some sided with Absalom. Even some of the people from his own inner circle went with his son. And so he said, rather than allowing bloodshed to be uh, poured out in the streets of Jerusalem, he fled with some of his faithful men and he left so that he would not be confronting his son. It seems like the past two years we've been in retreat. We've been, we've been retreating from COVID. We've been retreating from political junk. I mean, it seems like it's just like the battle's been on and on and on. And the church has taken a hit. 
Church attendance in America is way, way down. People, and, and I'm so thankful for live streaming, and I don't know if we're live streaming today. If we are, hello everybody. I'm not used to that. And i got to watch a little bit more what I say now. Because <laughs> I, I used to always say, that's real church for real people. But now, whatever you do on the internet lives forever, so I'm going to be careful. And I didn't really ever say anything really bad. <laughs> I just, you know, you know, I, I was Kirk. So the past couple of years just seemed like we were in retreat, getting hit on every side. And, and I just thought of myself, you know, life can pile up on you. How many of you felt life over the past two years sneaking up behind you and piling up on you? Let me see your hands. Yeah, look, at I mean, man, and thank you for that song, Mimi. I mean, because we got to get back to rejoicing the Lord. Well, this is the way David felt. Look at verse 1. Oh, Lord, I have so many enemies. So many are against me. So many are saying God will never rescue him. And I'm going to read this part that we know, don't normally read. Interlude or sila. Pause. Stop. Let's think about that. That's what, that's what Dr. Sidney Westbrook would say. He'd go, let's think about that. Then he'd go, let's pray about that. I love that, man. And, and so I thought about that. David was fleeing. People that he knew and believed in him had, had forsaken him. And even people around him were saying, I think we're doomed. You remember when he had that same problem at Ziklag? When he came back and they had burned Ziklag and taken his wife and children, and he got there and his army said, man, everything's gone, let's stone him. I mean, it was really hard. It's, you know, it's not easy being a leader. So hug your pastor every once in a while, will you? By the way, doesn't he look young? <laughs> I mean, yesterday I looked at Terry, I said, you're looking younger every day. I mean, I think he looks young. Maybe I'm just getting older, but I just think that the more I see him, he looks younger and younger. Well, David had his doubts about his own survival, and everybody else was piling on. You know, when life piles on, you're always going to have those people who are going to encourage your discouragement. Even Christians. Well, you better prepare when God doesn't answer you. You better prepare when the victory doesn't come. You better prepare for the worst of worst. And, you know, instead of faith, we, we get caught up into this doubt. We've got to just stop there. And just pause and think about whose voice do we want to hear? Number one. Look at verse three. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory and the one who holds my head up high. I remember that was an old song. You remember that, right? Oh, Lord, I'll shield about me. Glory in the lifter of my head. You know, the old songs from the 70s, I am that old. I know I look younger, but I am that old. <laughs> the old songs from the 70s were like one or two verses, and you could remember them for the rest of your life. They were three chords, and boy, you could play them for the rest of your life. Now, Eddie, these new songs, I mean, I'd be lost without sheet music. You know, I'm gone. I mean, I couldn't play it. 
a lick or remember the refrain is it the bridge is it chorus one or chorus two you know and then you know it just used to be very simple but he but i i i meditated on that verse before i got to verse four because there's just real quickly because i don't want to spend much time here but i want to give you this point in learning how to hear god's answer the first thing you need to realize and believe is God's got your back. God's got your back. What do I mean by that? He's not going to let you get picked off. He's not going to let you get uh, discouraged to the point where you go the wrong way if you listen to him. Now, David says, you are a shield around me. I love that because when we think of the spiritual armor, right, we have the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the sword of the Spirit, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the shoes shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's my message that I wanted to preach. Anyway. <laughs> and then we got the, but the shield of faith, there were two types of shields. Now we think that we're walking around with this big old shield. You know, there was a big shield, and the, and the main guys on the infantry, they usually got killed, guys, by the way. You know, they're like this in progression. You've seen it on Braveheart or something. Until they get stabbed, and then the next row, guys. You know, I don't want to, I don't, but the shield it's talking about here is called the buckler. I even like it. It must be a Texas shield, because, you know, it's a buckler. And, um. You got a buckler on there, Mitch, right? I got me a big buckler. I got a little one, you know, but I, I was never a championship anything. But the buckler was a round shield that you held on your hand. And it was a shield used by the infantrymen and also archers. Archers could hold that shield, shoot their arrows, and then protect themselves. But notice, in the spiritual armor, you only got one of them. And there's no armor for your back. You ever thought about that? Because God has your back. Thou, O Lord, art a shield around me. That means when I'm walking in faith, when I'm trying to obey God, He's back there like this. He's got my back. He's a buckler on every situation of my life, keeping me from getting picked off by the enemy. Isn't that cool? Then he's my glory. Okay, I could go on with this stuff, but I just want to just set the stage. And don't worry, chili won't get cold. It's being heated right now. He's my glory. And we went to the original pancake restaurant and i thought of you <laughs> and um you know we and when we got the coffee cups i'm going to order a couple those coffee cups were heavy because they're made out of pottery handmade and you can buy them for 18.98 and they kept the coffee warm and when i lifted that coffee mug up i said this is a coffee mug <laughs> and you know why because it was heavy because it had weight. It wasn't some wimpy little one where you put your finger up and you, you, know, you don't want to, oh, yes. Oh, can I have some more cream, please? No. It was a man and a woman's cup. 
Notice how I got that bug in there. And it had, it had weight. You see, God's glory, His goodness, God is the only thing that's really important in our life. He's the kabod. He's the weight in our life. He's our glory. The Lord said to Abraham, He said, Abraham, listen, I'm going to bless you, but you need to remember this. This is in Genesis 15, verse 1. I am your great reward. There's nothing else that we need to be seeking in this life. And then he's our strength. And I think of grace. And I love James 4, 6. He gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Wow. So that brings us to the main text. Verse 4. I cried out to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy mountain. He answered me. He answered me. So I want to share with you just from my heart, just what's been happening with us over the past three years and how we've had to learn to hear God's voice in very unconventional ways. And I think the reason why we miss God's answer is because we're not always open to the unconventional ways in which he speaks. You know, he doesn't always speak with, Thus saith the Lord. You don't always go to a meeting. I remember going to Melody Land School of Theology, and they had all these guys, prophets, and all these big, heavy dudes in the, in the charismatic renewal. And I'd always get in line, waiting for that personal word from the Lord. I never got one. I even followed him out to the car, hoping that he'd turn to me and he'd say, Kirk, and God says, and never got it. I was disappointed. I was a little disappointed charismatic. Everybody else got a word. I never got a word. I was right there. He walked right by me. What was wrong with me? And God said, well, um, what's wrong with me, Kirk? <laughs> I want to answer you. I want you to hear me. So three years ago, as you remember, as we were transitioning and we celebrated our Christmas together and Karen and I moved in January, we had been listing our home for months, months, months. And we didn't have any action on the house and so we began to earnestly pray. And I don't really remember the scripture, but I know somewhere in my devotions, God really clearly said to me, Kirk, lease the home. Do not sell it. Lease the home. And I shared that with Karen. I said, I think we're supposed to lease the house. I don't think we're supposed to sell it. And then right when we said that, a full price offer was made on our home. A full price offer. And the realtor brought the full price offer to us, and I said, well, let us pray about it. And I told her, I said, I'm sorry. I don't think she liked that very well, but I said, I'm sorry. Um, I think the Lord wants us to lease the home. So we did. And I was doing that in obedience to the Lord. I really didn't know what the future held. I didn't really know what was out in front of us. But after we started in 2019, we got a nice young couple in there who started leasing our home with a little girl. And I thought, this is wonderful, a, a young family enjoying our home. And then around March, uh, they broke the lease. Um, their marriage went into troubles. They split up, very sad thing, and they broke the lease. And I don't know um, about you, but <laughs> I, I don't have pockets that uh, go from here all the way down to my boots. And we were strapping it to, to lease the home and buy a new home and manage all those finances. I was amazed that the bank even 
approved that, but we, we were stretching ourselves in faith because we felt that's what God wanted us to do. And so when you don't have a tenant in the home that you're leasing, the money stops flowing in and it just keeps flowing out, baby. So it's flowing out. And the first year we had a lot of expenses. You know, when you switch your car over from Texas to Florida, they like take your wallet and keep it for a month. And, and the money was flowing. It just was flowing. And I said, God, I said, you know, we're, we're honoring you with our tithe and offerings, and, and we're trying to be obedient to you. Did we miss you? Did we miss it? Did we miss hearing you? I said, you got to intervene. Well, then the Lord blessed us with a pastoral couple in Weatherford who leased our home from that point on. In fact, he was the pastor of the Church of Christ here. I, I don't know if it's the North Main or which one it is, but the pastor and his family was there. And we were so thankful. We said, well, you were holding it for a pastor. That's wonderful. And so we started on track again, and we started, you know, being able to pay the bills, and everything was going good. And that lasted, um, you know, for two and a half years, which we were very thankful for. But we knew we had to sell by the third year, because if you don't sell by the third year, you're going to have to pay capital gains. And so we had to put our house on the market. So everyone's telling me the market's hot, the market's hot, the market's hot. Man, you put that house on the market, you'll sell it in a day. Well, it didn't happen that way. Um, we put our house on the market in July. And between July and October, only six people looked at the house. And everybody said they loved it, but they didn't want it. <laughs> We're going. And then Karen thought, well, it's because I have too many colors in the house. I love her colors, by the way. We have a colorful house in Florida, and I love colors. But she said, you know, we, so we're going, well, why isn't this house selling? And I said, well, maybe it's selling, not selling because the tenants are in there, and it's just, you know, people don't, you know. And so I said, let's take it off the market for two weeks until the tenants move out. We took it off the market for two weeks. The tenants moved out, and, um, and then we resumed our sale. But Right before that, I got on my bike on one August morning. It was August 28th, and I, and I was really proud of myself because, you know, I, I'm trying to, I, I still have problems with my left knee, and I'm just trying to keep it going and in shape, and, and, I, and I got my road bike all tuned up, and I've been riding, and I've been doing, you know, uh, increasing my mileage every time I rode. And in our community, it's really lovely because there's a lot of hills. You know, uh, Claremont is a lot like Weatherford. It's really funny. We got, in, in Florida, you think of flat and Everglades, right? Well, we live in the hills of Florida, which are one of the only places where there's hills in Florida. And so I went out on my bike that morning, and I'm climbing one of these, one of the long hills. It's kind of a, 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 a you know, just a challenge. And I'm I'm pedaling and I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling really good. And it starts to sprinkle. And I said, oh, little sprinkles aren't going to keep me from finishing this ride. So I got up on my house and I came around to the steepest um, road in our whole community. And one where you can get going really fast on a road bike. And, and I was going about 25 or 30 miles an hour. And I was picking up speed even from that. And I knew that the end of the road was, you know, coming around the corner and it started to rain. And I said, oh, no, I just thought I got to start slowing down, but I got to do it very slowly. 
And all I remember, uh, brothers and sisters, is that being an experienced bike rider, I didn't go, <laughs> I just gave a gentle pressure to the brakes, and that's the last I remember. I don't really know how I fell. I just know that I was probably went airborne. Uh, it was like I hit a pitch, piece of black ice. There was no way I could have avoided the accident. It wasn't because of reckless cycling. It wasn't because I was not doing anything right. It was just because on that moment, at that spot, at that second, there was rain, there was a slick part of asphalt, I braked, and that was it. So I, 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 I came down, cracked my helmet in three places. you got to hit your heart, head pretty hard to crack your helmet. And um, I knew Karen was going to be really mad at me. So I called my neighbor, uh, Dave Hart, really good friends of ours, and I said, Dave, can you come pick me up? Because if I call Karen to pick me up, she's going to really be mad at me because I just fell. So he came, and, and we put my bike in, his, in, in the back, and I went in, just kind of struggled in. And that moment, I didn't think anything was really going to you know, be much other than bruised up. So we went to the urgent care just to make sure. They sent us to the... Uh, emergency room of the hospital in Florida after six or seven hours of excruciating pain in there because they couldn't give me pain meds. They sent me to the trauma center in uh, downtown Orlando, and I was there 11 days. Um, I had a, a huge hematoma in my right leg. My heart went into AFib. They had to do two surgical procedures, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm up and around. I'm, I'm still stiff. And uh, I had a wound machine on me and everything. And I'm going, God, what is going on here? Did I hear your voice? And then I said, now we got to get back to the sale of our house. I mean, I kind of forgot about it while I was recovering. But now it's getting closer. It's now September. Now it's October. And we still don't have anybody buying our house. And I said, God, what am I going to do? So one day I... I I was all excited. I, I cleaned up my bike because I was going to get back on the bike, folks. Only not that bike. I promised my wife I'd give up my road bike and I'd ride a slow bike. So I'm not doing road biking anymore. I'm doing slow biking. Yeah, it, it's, it's, and I'm playing pickleball. No, I'm not playing pickleball. <laughs> but um, I'm not there yet. But anyway, I, I shined up my bike. I put an ad in the paper and, and I was going to sell it. It was a good bike. It was worth some money. And I was going to use that money to buy a, a good mountain-type bike with big, wide tires so that I wasn't riding on my finger. But the, the space of my tire on my road bike was about the width of my finger. You know, so you can imagine when you hit that, you, know, you don't have anything. But a road bike, you know, good two-inch tire. You know, I thought, I'll use that. And so I, I'm praying, Lord, Lord, why aren't we selling our house? And and what do you want us to do? And, and I'm not hearing your voice. And I felt him say to me, um, uh, well, give your bike away to th that pastor. There was a pastor of my friend David who wanted to buy my bike. He was all excited about it. And he was going to give me the money and come over. And then his wife said, uh-uh, we just bought a new house and we have to go on vacation. No bike for you. Guys, have you ever had th heard that word before? <laughs> no bike for you! <laughs> so I'm sitting there, Lord, 
what, what do I do about selling this house? What should I do? And he said, give your bike to that pastor. And I thought to myself, what in the world does that have to do with selling my house? You kind of getting me now? Are you listening to me now? God speaks to us. He answers from his holy mountain. And we're not getting it because we're expecting it to be something different. And when he tells us something that doesn't even seem related, we kind of write it off and we keep going stubbornly down our path. You ever done that? And so I said, okay, I'll do it. So I called up my friend David. He said, what? He's on the phone. He goes, are you kidding me? I said, no, I would never kid you, Big Dave. He's named Big Dave. And he, I said, Big Dave, tell the pastor he can have my bike. And then on top of it, I had to get it fixed. Because I thought I better ride it to make sure it works. And I had broken the front derailleur on my body when I fell. It's kind of hard to break a steel derailleur on your body, but I did that. Um, and so I got it fixed. And it cost me about $200 to align the tires, to fix the derailleur, to get it ready, to give it to him. So not only did I not get any money for the bike, I spent $200. So I did that, and I was really happy to do that, by the way. I, I really was. And when I saw him come and get my bike, I mean, he was just like a kid in a candy store. And, and I just said, okay, but I said, you go get a helmet right now, young man. You know, and if you ride bikes, you better wear a helmet or I'm going to come after you. Even if you live in Texas, I'll find you in New Mexico. I'll find you wherever you are. <laughs> so then I started praying again, Lord, what about the sale of the house? How am I going to get, you know, we, we got to sell this house. And nobody was, was buying it. So the realtors had told us that we, need, we needed to paint it gray. Now, if you know Karen and I, gray is the antithesis of who we are. I mean, it is the antithesis of who we are. We have a big, multicolored frog hanging above our couch in our living room. We don't have gray. Now, gray's hip now. Gray is in style now. Everyone's watching HGTV, and it's reasonable gray. It's agreeable gray. It's gray this and gray that. But we're not gray people. We're colorful people. But we said, well, you know, I think we're going to have to to paint it gray, so we got a painter. And just the day they started painting the house, we get an offer from a single woman who, by the way, loves everything my wife did about the house except the color. She wanted her to keep the, the bricks around the archway and the entryway. She loved all the stained glass Work that my wife did when we started painting, I got a panic call from my realtor. Kirk, 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 make sure they don't paint over the brickwork. I said, hey guys, don't paint over the brickwork. I probably caught him in mid-stroke, and we saved the brickwork. It's all done by artistic paint. And so then I'm doing that. Then all of a sudden, we get the final written offer, and, and she wants a lot of stuff. Well, you got to understand now, I haven't had anybody in the house for two months. And I had to start paying utilities for that house, utilities for my house, the payment for that house, the payment for my house. And then I had to pay the painters, and I had to pay the gardeners, 
and the HOA wanted me to stay in the fence. And now this lady, who loves my wife's stuff, which is good, in answer to prayer, now she wants me to do this big laundry list of stuff. And I prayed about it. I said, Lord, what do we do? And God answered from his holy mountain. Bless her. Bless her. She's a single woman. She's moving into your house. These few things are really important to her. I am your provider. Bless her. So I said, I called up, praise God for Scott Smith. Called up Scott Smith and he and his crew did all that work in two days. And, uh, and we got it all done. The house closed on the 23rd. Now, how faithful is God? Let me tell you how faithful He is. If we would have sold the home in 2019 or 2018 for the full price offer, we would have gotten X amount of money that wouldn't have even paid off our home in Florida. Are you with me? As we listen to God answer in unconventional ways from His holy mountain, and we began to walk in obedience to those leadings, even when they didn't make sense, we ended up selling our home, and during that time we did a major remodel in our home in Florida. We were able to pay off the major remodel in Florida, and we were able to pay off our entire home in Florida because we waited those three years and God blessed us with the sale of our home. Now, now I'm not saying, I'm just telling you this. Listen, he's not a respecter of persons. God, it says he delights in giving his children the kingdom. And we've got just to learn how to listen because he's always answering. Don't ever think he doesn't answer. And usually his answers are not no, unless you're asking for something really stupid. <laughs> Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes-Benz? No. <laughs> now you will get a no on that, maybe. But not when you're seeking to do his will, not when you're seeking to hear his voice, not when you're wanting to fulfill the call he has on your life. So I close with this. Terry said it'd be all right if I'm five or ten minutes over. I feel bad because I used to like to end right on a dot. But you all took so long getting me here. I'm trying. I rewind. Sherry, will you move that clock back about 12 minutes? Listen to the last four verses. Psalm 3, verses 5 and 6 says, I lay down and slept. Yet I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. By the way, did I tell you I'm retiring on January 3rd? I'm, gonna, I, I'm laying down my title, everything. I'm not running the company anymore. I'm not responsible for anything anymore. I'm just going to do analytical work two days a week, two days a week. But hey, if, if an account's kicking us out, I'm going to say I'm very sorry. <laughs> if, if the shipment doesn't get there in time, I'm going to say, gee, isn't there somebody in charge of that? <laughs> if Walmart, a Walmart store calls me, I'm going to say, I'm sorry, you have the wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So I lay down and slept, yet I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. I'm not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. Listen, as we learn to hear God's answer from his holy mountain, he will always give us rest. And Amber spoke about that, the God of peace. The word says he will keep them in perfect peace, those who put their trust in him. Now, I don't know what I'm doing with the rest of my life, either does Karen. I know what we're doing tonight. We're going to get ice cream with Ellie, right? Right, so I got tonight covered. But I don't know what I'm doing with the rest of my life. I mean, I've, we've got some books published. We've got them all translated in Spanish. I'm going to start contacting more churches. You know, stuff is going still around to the nations. And, but, you know, I mean, there's, there hasn't been a lot of traction getting that off the ground during these two years of COVID. So I don't know what the future holds. But I do know this, that as I seek him, he'll always give me rest. And he'll give you rest. I can walk in his shalom because he's answering me from his holy mountain. And I know that at this moment, I'm where I need to be. Finally, verses 7 and 8, Arise, O Lord, rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face. You don't need to defeat your enemies. You just let God. He's got the shield behind you, and he's reaching out way in front of you going... That's my son. That's my daughter. Shatter the teeth of the wicked. I mean, you don't even worry what they say anymore. (laughs) Uncle Kirky got silly, didn't he? (laughs) Verse 8. Victory comes from you, O Lord. May you bless your people interlude maybe we could read in that chili (laughs) here's the last thing and then we'll pray god always gives us the victory it's not always in the way that we script it out lord here's my script for victory here's how i want you to do it i want it to be really stupendous And I want someone, I want to put the house on the market, and day one, I want five people bidding for it. And then I want to just say, God sold my house in one day for $100,000 more than I listed it for. And he says, no, we're not going to do it that way. Why not? God always gives us the victory. It may not look the way we script it. It may not be in the way that we expect it. But we go from victory unto victory, unto victory. But thanks be to God, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know of anything else that we have in store for us other than victory. Right? Come on. Come on. Come on. Got my little texting going there. Victory. And can I just say this, Pastor Terry? And you know, every church has its talents and things that they're not so good at. Well, the fellowship at Weatherford, even from the day we began it, even till this morning, not so good at clapping. (laughs) It, It starts out really enthusiastically, and then it starts sounding like this. It's all, it's all, it's like, 
clap, 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 clap. And, and Chuck is there giving the beat. Boom, boom, boom. And it's going, boom, clap, boom, boom, clap, 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 boom, boom. <laughs> so brothers and sisters, don't worry. Your heart's all right. You just don't have any rhythm. But God will always give you the victory. Okay, Eddie, why don't you come back? Let's play one song, and then we're gonna we're gonna go eat. And uh, I really hope that nobody leaves. We have plenty of food. I don't care if you're a visitor or a stranger or an enemy or whatever. <laughs> let's uh, let's all eat. Let's enjoy that meal. And um, and as we sing this song, I just want to encourage you. Let the Lord speak to you. It's a good message. Really, a good message. And we all need to hear that God speaks to us. God answers our prayers. He doesn't give a deaf ear to us. He always hears, and he is answering. We need to listen. We need to be willing to listen to what he is saying, not what we're expecting. I think that's our problem, is sometimes we are expecting something totally different. So let's stand and worship, and then we'll dismiss.
that up. God is faithful. He is good. Yes. And if you haven't seen his goodness, you're blind. Yes. Because his goodness is abounding towards Hallelujah. us all the time. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. But we're going to dismiss, but before we go, I just want to give everybody a chance, one last chance before we go. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you don't need to leave here today without making that happen. Yes. Someone will meet you here at the altar and pray with you. We'll help you. We'll pray with you. If you have a special physical need or you have another prayer request, someone will pray with you. Don't go out of here without having your needs met. God will answer. Yes. He is faithful. And I just want to tell you, he is running after you. His goodness is running after you, and you're not going to be able to outrun it. You're not going to be able to get away from it. He's going to keep pursuing you. You better respond to him. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Lord, I thank you that, that you have blessed us today. We've experienced your presence. You've given us a word that will encourage us. Give us now your peace, Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his perfect peace. Yes.